JM in the AM, Friday morning, Rabbi Yudin is in Israel. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning for you, Nachum, and everybody. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Good afternoon to those in Eretz Yisrael. It's two and a half hours right now before early Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael and three hours and change before regular Shabbos. It's rather hot in Eretz Yisrael today, but I'll tell you, once again, you feel the Erev Shabbos. This is coming Shabbos Chazak and a lot to do today. Before we get to Matos and Masay, which is the concluding two parashios of the book of Bamidbar, which according to the Chinuch, there are two mitzvos in Matos, one positive and one restriction, and Masay has a total of six, two positive and four restrictions. Between the two parashios, we have eight mitzvos. Now, I would just like to share with you some of the laws of the nine days, I hope that this is the last year that we're going to be doing this. Next year, I pray these days will all be days of celebration. But it's important that we um, connect, that's probably the best word, with these days in all different ways. I'd like to begin by citing a Gemara in Bava Basra. It's the last Omud of the third chapter, Cheskat Habatim, it's the Gemara Samach Amid And the Gemara tells us that after the destruction of the second base Hamigdosh, Rabu Prushin Yisrael, many Jews became ascetics, and they said, my goodness, now that the base Hamigdosh has been destroyed, lo lecho basar we're not going to eat meat. We're not going to drink wine. And they didn't mean for nine days. They meant period. No meat, no wine. And Rabbi Yoshua tried to dissuade them and said to them, Come on, what's motivating you? And they said, What? Eat meat? From which korbanos were brought? And now that the Aksha Batel... Now that the Beis Hamidosh has been destroyed and the Mizbeach is literally inactive, we shall eat meat and we should drink wine, which was used as Nisachim, libations, accompanying the Karbanos. So he said to them, well, if that's the case, you shouldn't eat bread either, because Menachos, the Karban Mincha, the Lechem Haponim, this was all an integral part of the Beis Hamikdash. So they said, okay, payrolls. He said, yeah, but don't forget Bikurim. They said, other payrolls, as if to say we'll subsist on that. So he said, if that's the case, be consistent. You shouldn't even drink water, because after all, during the week of Sukkos, there was the mitzvah of Nisu Hamayim. So the Gemara says Shasku. Literally, they became silent after their discussion with him. And the Gemara says as follows. On the one hand, this is what Rabbi Yoshua said to them. Shalolis abil kol ikar Not to mourn at all is impossible. 
However, this Abel Yoser Midai, Yefshar, to mourn excessively is also impossible because we don't make a decree upon the public, upon the tzibur, and therefore, I say that as we study and remind ourselves the laws of the nine days, we should do so and recognize that we're not looking to get out of it, as we'll discuss regarding a siyum. Yes, if a person is studying and it works out that every day he, she learns a certain amount and they conclude what they are studying during the nine days, fine. But to rush it up, and I'm not talking about camp situation, perhaps that might be different, etc., for Chinuch, but in general, we're not looking to, quote, beat the system. Yes, I'm at a uh, Simcha during the week, fine. I'm at a Pidyan Ben, I'm at a Bris, etc. But to try to beat the system, I think, is really going against the nature of this Gemara in Baba Basra, quote, 60b. Now, before I even get to um, some of the laws of the nine days, I just want to, you to hear that literally within the last two weeks, so what they found right near Megiddo, up in the north of Eretz Yisrael, was the remains of an imperial Roman legionary camp. And what's the significance of this? This is, after all, the Romans defeated us. They destroyed the second base on Migdash. And they put down the Bar Kokhba revolt. But now, listen carefully, we are finding in our land their remains, their ruins. And while we focus on that which we don't have, especially these weeks, and especially the nine days, the other side of the coin, we celebrate our eternity. And that is so significant. And to do so here in Eretz Yisrael, it's not a contradiction. And secondly, amazing, UNESCO, and we're not going to talk about its accomplishments, but even the non-Jew, what have they declared? That in Beit Sha'arim, again up in the north, there's a burial complex. And who is buried there? Rabbi Huda Hanasi, the one who redacted the Mishnah. The Gemara tells us in Shabbos, on the day Rabbi Akiva died, who was tortured to death by the Romans, the day that he died. And remember, we're going to recite, unfortunately, Ela Eskara next Sunday, Tishabov, the Kina, that we say on Tishabov regarding the Asura Ruge Malchus, and it's part of the Avoda of Yom Kippurim. But Rabbi Udanasi, the Gemara Shabbos tells us, was born on the day that Rabbi Kiva died. And that burial complex has been called a World Heritage Site. Amazing how that which perpetuated Yahadut, Rabbi Huda Nasi, by editing and redacting the Mishnah, enabled Torah Shabbat Peh to accompany the Jew wherever he went throughout the world. This 
once again, the world recognizing the great significance, not that we need their approbation, but once again, it's our reminder of our outliving all our enemies. Okay, we continue from the three weeks. Shaving and haircuts is prohibited during this time. If one has any questions regarding their job, etc., discuss it with your local Rav. We began the nine days last night, Thursday night. Today is Rosh Chodesh Av. And you should know that one should not eat meat or poultry, drink wine or grape juice during the nine days except for Shabbos. Now, food that is cooked in a fleshic meat utensil may be eaten. Wine, grape juice, not beer, whiskey, and other liquors not containing wine may be consumed during this period, in keeping with our introduction from the Gemara Mbavabasra. Interesting point. Avelos, which is mourning, there is no chinuch for children. Yet children over the age of six, it's preferable to have them as well abstain from meat, from chicken, wine and grape juice during the nine days. If a sick person has to eat meat, then preferably they should eat poultry. Meat and wine may be consumed on Shabbos as usual during the nine days. And what does that mean? It means that if a person takes in Shabbos early today, so, right, whether it's from Plaga Mincha'an, or, or, or the idea is while it is still daytime, as long as you are Makabel Shabbos, you can start your meal and have meat at that time. And similarly, one can extend, if they have their Shalosh Su'udos of meat, they can have that until they bench. After Shabbos, for Yom Lava Malka, one may not eat meat that's left over from the Shabbos meals. This Motsoi Shabbos, the wine or grape juice from Avdala should preferably be drunk by a young boy less than bar mitzvah. If no such child is available, then the person making Avdala may drink the wine by themselves. If a person completes, as I mentioned before, a section of learning during the nine days, he should make a seum, and all the participants as well can have the meat and wine at that time. Um, meat and wine may also be served at a celebration of a bris or a pitirabin. Bathing and um, showering during the nine days is one that the Shulchan Aruch says should be curtailed. Any questions regarding these laws, and there are many, please discuss with your local Rav. Swimming is not permitted during the nine days. Uh, children under uh, Barambas Mitzvah, supervised, etc., can go swimming. Um, now, in terms of Erev Shabbos, there are many opinions that say that one can bathe in the usual way for Shabbos. 
nails can be cut during the nine days, preferably on Erev Shabbos. And except for children's clothing, clothing may not be washed or dry cleaned during the nine days, even if they'll not be worn until after this period. One should not iron or press clothes during the nine days. And a non-Jew may not wash clothes for a Jew unless it was given to the non-Jew before Rosh Chodesh Av. And this applies even if the Jew will not wear the clothing until after on Shabbos, during the nine days, one may wear regular Shabbos clothes. However, new clothes should not be worn. New clothes may not be bought or worn during the nine days, and they may not be bought even if they will not be worn until after the ninth of Av. One may buy shoes for Tishab Av during the nine days. When it comes to one's home, painting and wallpapering a residence should not be done during the nine days. However, if it was started before this period, the work can continue until Shabbos Chazon. And one may plaster an apartment during the entire three weeks. One should not put down linoleum, carpet, or tiles during the nine days. One who rented an apartment or bought a house may fix paint if occupancy will not occur till after Tisha B'Av. Furniture, expensive utensils should preferably not be bought during the nine days, even if no blessing of Shechianu needs to be recited. Now, grass and hedges should again preferably not be trimmed unless it would otherwise be difficult to walk by. And finally, it's inappropriate to give gifts during the nine days, and unless essential, elective surgery should not be performed as well during these nine days. I'd like to focus a little bit on partios, matos, and masay. And what you have in Matos, in chapter 32, is the two tribes of Reuven and Gud, who have an abundant amount of sheep and cattle. They come to Moshe with the request, We want to take our heritage here on this side of the Jordan. Do not make us go into Eretz Yisrael. Moshe is very unhappy, and he lets them know how unhappy. And once again, God forbid, this could be a demoralization to the Jewish people. Moshe works out a deal if they go chalutzim, if they lead in battle, the rest of the Jewish people healthy them to conquer, then they can come back and um, have their nachala on this side of the Yardin. Now you'll note Throughout chapter 32, bring the Chumash to the table tonight, you deal with the two tribes of Reuven and Gad. It's only when it comes to finally, towards the end of the chapter, Pasuk 33, Moshe, Moshe gives to them, who's the them? Livnei Gad, Livnei Reuven, and Lachatsi Sheva Ben Yosef. Moshe gives to the two and a half tribes. 
Where did Chatsi Shevet Menashe come from? So I'm going to tell you to look in the Nitziv, who has a very interesting explanation. I'll tell you to look in the Chizkuni, who has a very interesting explanation. Time doesn't allow me to go into those two. I'm going to share with you what I heard from an Adam Gadol, very interesting. These two tribes, with all the justification, are lacking a pining and a proper appreciation for Eretz Yisrael. Why does he therefore, Moshe, give them part of Shevet Menashe? Because, as Rashi teaches us, in the beginning of Perek Chav Zion 27 in Parshas Pinchas last week, whereby the Torah tells us that the daughters of Slavchad, and they come from the tribe of Menashe, and Ben Yosef, and Rashi says, my goodness, why is Yosef included here? We don't usually have a grandfather and a great-grandfather. So Rashi tells you the idea is Yosef Yosef had great love and appreciation for the land of Israel. As he instructs them, make sure you take my remains with you. Atzmos Yosef and his daughters in last week's parsha, namely Benos Lavchad, they had great love and desire for the land of Israel. And so Moshe wanted to positively influence the two and a half tribes of Reuven and Gud, and therefore, during this time that they go into outside of Eretz Yisrael, they should have a strong connection with Menashe, who always pined and appreciated Eretz Yisrael. I believe for us today, the message is of a similar nature, namely, Ravolbi, Zechronel of Racha, in his second volume of Ali Shur, tells us that especially at this time of the year, there are six brachos in our Shemona Esrei that focus on the future Geula, redemption of the Jewish people. The bracha of Mechayeh HaMesim, literally the revival of the dead, which will happen in the future. Goel Yisrael, God who redeems the Jewish people. Mechabetz Nitchei Amo Yisrael, the one who ingathers the dispersed members of the Jewish people. The fourth is Bonei Yerushalayim, the one who rebuilds Jerusalem. The fifth is Matzmiach, Karen Yeshua, who brings forth the Moshiach. And finally, Hamachzir Shechinosolitzion, who returns his divine presence to Zion. These six brachos, and especially the two that mention Yerushalayim and Zion therein, when we say them, we should pause, and we should think of the consequence of the loss of the Beis HaMikdash. And so, too, diet or no diet, you have to wash for this Shabbos, you have to wash for next Shabbos. Uvenei Yerushalayim Yerakodesh, when you say that bracha, I'm going to try to help you with what you should think about. There's a very famous medrash in Echor Rabbah, chapter 1, paragraph 24, on the verse, B'chol Sivke Balaila, literally talking about Yerushalayim, she cries at night. So the medrash says there was a young mother that Lo'alenu lost her child. She would cry at nighttime. Her crying would wake up Rabbi Gamliel, and he would cry as well for the Churban Abayis. My goodness, what's the connection between Lo'alenu this mother, having lost her child, and Rabbi Gamliel crying for the Churban Abayas, so I heard from my teachers a very powerful idea, 
and that is as follows. When we had a base on Migdosh, we lived in a time of Hashra'as Shechina, where God's presence was ever felt in our midst. His presence felt in our midst meant that there's Midas Rachamim at all times. It means that there was Sason and Simcha, there was happiness and there was joy all of the time. Lo'aleinu, now that the Besamikdash was destroyed, there's Midas Hadin. Now that the Besamikdash has been destroyed, there's personal, there's communal sorrows, personal sorrows that we hear, Lo'aleinu, of different persons with different sicknesses, etc., and all kinds of communal sorrows. It all stems from the fact that we don't have yet that third Besamikdash. So here's the chance. This week, especially when you dive in the Shimon Esrei and you come to these brachos, especially the Yushalayim Ircha, especially a Machzir Shechina, so let's see on pause for a moment and remember what it is that we are lacking. And please, God, we should be Zolcha that speedily in our times we should see a Machzir Shechina, so let's see on. I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom, a good Chodesh, and a very meaningful, hopefully a month that's going to change from sorrow to gladness. Shabbat Shalom to all.